Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. Hey, before I kick off our Easter series uh, today, uh, I want to give God a round of applause for something. Uh, A lot of you know his story and the journey and what we've gotten to be a part of with his life and baptism and all that. But today, Luis has his cochlear implants turned on. This is his first worship service. Listening with all of us. Jesus is so good. Man, it's been such a blast to watch his journey, to be a part of his baptism when we had it like he was right front and center. I think we had the whale in it at that time. Did we have the whale in? I think we took that out and he got, oh man, Jesus is good. He's just good. I I had somebody ask me this week about church and what's going on. I said, oh, we're doing worship at the end today. Uh, we want to be have worship uh, through song as a response to Jesus after the message, and and the person goes, "Oh, is it going to get hard to get amped up for for the message?" Um, and I said, "I said, you know what? I get to talk about Jesus for a living. I, I live amped up. Um, I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about Jesus, and it's it's a good life. Uh, not always an easy life, but it's a it's a good life because." Uh, you know, you have to walk through stuff and, and be set free and, and allow him to work in your life. And we're all disciples till we die. So there's things we're going through and, and, and walking into and walking out of. But man, we, we get to live uh, full of the abundant life of heaven in us every day here. And then one day when we stop breathing, it's only going to get better. And so that's good news. Um, you know, it was a year ago for all of us in America where the, the world kind of, you know, Closed down a little bit for us. Uh, praise God. In Texas, we only had six weeks of, of this clamp down, shut down thing. Uh, but it, it, it my, my take on it, it robbed Easter for, for the, the, the church family gathering together. It didn't rob Easter from what we get to celebrate. And every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. We all know that. But there is a, a beauty of, of the church of God being able to, to gather together during the Easter season to celebrate that. And that was, that was in a large way taken from us uh, as, as I preached every Sunday for six weeks to a, a dark uh, sanctuary. And then it was online for us. But, but praise God, ain't robbing Easter from us. Uh, and praise God, the Governor Abbott said, ain't nobody robbing Easter or church from uh, Texas again. So that's, that's good news. And... Uh, I encourage you to keep praying for our leadership. Uh, they are making great decisions, but it is not easy uh, for because of contention. And then it's not easy because, man, they got a lot to bear, uh, both uh, on a state level and uh, 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 local levels. They have to just deal with stuff. And, and, and as, as you might realize, there, there's... Uh, there's, there's, there's more than one opinion out there on things. Uh, I don't know what it's like, Damon, but you probably got a thousand opinions uh, being offered to you in various offerings uh, during the week. Uh, and so let's pray for them. Let's pray for their peace, for wisdom from on high, and for, for the, the compassionate fortitude to walk that through. Because uh, I'm sure a lot of times it's like, I hear what you're saying. And you're inside, you're going, I have fists that I would love to punch you with. But they can't. They're servant leaders in our community. So let's pray for them. And let's pray for them to be bold ones to stand for what's right and righteous in our nation and in our state. So uh, keep them in your prayer. 
Um, so we're kicking off this Easter series called Four Words, and we're looking at eat in the next four weeks, so today and then in the following three weeks, we're looking at a specific word that the cross gives us that we get to live out of, live by, and what it brings into our lives. Uh, uh, we're starting today with free, because we're set free, and then next week we're going to look at forgiven, and then we're going to look at justified, where we're made right with God, um, and, then, and then finally we're going to end with with what it means to be called. Uh, and we're going to have baptism on that day uh, where we look at being called. Um, so we're looking at, at the key moment in history, the cross. Christ crucified, the gospel of grace, and all that that, that, that moment on the cross brings to us. I mean, it gives you the most amazing opportunity to live here on planet Earth. And then we know, as believers, we get to live forever in, in eternity. But, but we have an abundant life here to be free, to be fully forgiven, to be made right forever, uh, to be called to live a purposeful life, a real purposeful life for others. Because we're set. Like, as believers, I know we're not perfect. I know we're walking through stuff. I know he's got us on the potter's wheel. And sometimes we're like, yeah, that's awesome how he's molding and shaping. And sometimes it's like, ow, he's, he's messing with that air bubble or whatever he's doing. But, but we got it made. So when we're, when we're called, we're called to live for others. We love God and out of that we love people. And that's what being called means. I don't live for myself anymore. I belong to him and he uses me to, to minister to others in whatever way. And so our goal in, in this whole series is that we would embrace the grace, and then give away this amazing grace that's beyond our wildest dreams. I mean, I don't know what it was like for you before you're a believer, but, but to, to come into the understanding, the limited understanding we have that like we're saved from everything in our past. It's not held against us. Nothing. And, and that we're given an eternity with the creator God that we rebelled against. And he's excited. He's not like, I'm going to let you in. He's like, I am building you a home. And I can't wait for you to get here. That's, that's our eternity. That's a, that's a wild thing to kind of take in in, in our own. And we get, to, we get to live in the reality of that. So we've got to give it away to people. So we embrace this grace, this gift given that we didn't deserve. And then we, we give away this amazing grace to people who need it very badly. Now, for me, I, I love comparing things. It's one of my favorite things to do. I love uh, comparing things that matter and comparing things that don't matter. Like, okay, what's the fastest way to get to ATB from here at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Or, you know, when, when traffic is happening because of school pickups, like, is there a faster way to get? Where? You know, I, I'm a comparison guy. I, I love that. It actually builds this excitement in me to compare. Uh, and then when it comes to the gospel, one of my favorite things to do is to, to compare the old to the new, and then connect the dots. Um, I, I was never a crafty kid at all. Uh, I was crafty, like bad, like schemey crafty, but not like art crafty, you know? Um, probably the only thing I ever did was connect the dots. Uh, I could, you know, looking at that, that picture with all the dots and the numbers, and it looks very awkward. I'm like, oh, I wonder what that's going to be. And I loved to connect the dots and then begin to see the picture. 
That was, that was the extent of all my art world. Uh, but that, that actually excited me. I'm like, I'm good right there. I don't need crayons, and I, please don't make me paint another mailbox art teacher. And I don't know how this is going to help me in life, but, you know, it, all the art teachers out there, I would have been your worst nightmare, just saying. So, praise God, you didn't have to have me. But one of my favorite things is to see Jesus throughout the whole gospel, from Genesis and then all throughout the Old Testament to his incarnate life on earth when he walked here to then all the writings we get in the New Testament all the way to the end of the book that's looking to the, to the, to the end of time for us and just we see Jesus. We see Jesus. And number one, it makes me excited. But number two, I, I know that it helps people to understand it's not like segmented different parts of, of history that aren't, that aren't really connected or it's like the Old Testament, God was mad and then, and then uh, you know, somewhere he got on meds and then Jesus came and he was nice God. And, you know, it's not that, it's Jesus throughout. The, the world and religion gives us a, a bizarre view uh, of, of the book. The world doesn't know what it's talking about and religion has lost what it's talking about. And then, then there's Jesus and reality and and so I love to connect all that, to see, to see people in the Old Testament and see moments in the Old Testament and see uh, festivals in the Old Testament and then, and then watch Jesus fulfill them and to see that he's the true and better version of all of those things. And Easter is so great because we get to hone in on Jesus being the true and better of everything. So that's what we're going to do these four Sundays as we look at four big words of the cross um, and we're going to start today by, by like today and next week, really looking a lot at the Passover and what it originally was and then what that looks for, what that looks like in, in, the, in Jesus fulfilling all that. And, uh, you know, when I, when I think of the Passover, I, I think of uh, kind of the great do-over in life. And I don't know if any of you have ever been out there. Anybody ever asked for a do-over in life? Like, you said something, you're like, I can't stop those words from coming out. And he's like, honey, can I have a do-over? And she's like... I'm going to do you over, uh, you know, or, or maybe you turn in that project or you, you do that paper and you turn it in and you're like, oh, teacher, boss, can I have a do over? I really wasn't thinking. I was watching March Madness till late. I just kind of turned it in or whatever. Maybe, maybe that look you gave, you looked and then, and then your spouse looked back at you and you're like, oh no, my eyes, were, they were on their own. I had nothing to do with that. Or... In a real serious way, that sin, that mistake, that fall. What about that, that repeat struggle? Like, there's one thing about having that sin and forgiven, and it's like, Lord, I just, I keep doing that. I just keep doing that. And you're like, can I have a do-over, please? Can I please have a do-over? Exodus 12 is, is God setting up the ultimate do-over at the beginning of uh, really of, of, of the big, big things he was pointing to. We do have Genesis 3.15 that points to Jesus, but in Exodus 12, we begin to see the picture painted of what Jesus will be, who Jesus will be. And, and so we have this, this Passover that he was setting up for them. They were still captive. They were still bound by Egypt. They were prisoners. They were slaves. And, and God was setting up to set them free. And so the Passover in, in Exodus 12, it, it celebrates what's going to be the, the deliverance of, of God's people from slavery. And the, and the Passover lamb that was a part of this was the focal point of it all. 
that blood. I mean, if you read Exodus 12, I encourage you to do two things today or this week. Go, go to Exodus 12, and then later on we're going to talk about Hebrews 2. Go to Hebrews 2 and read those and just, and just see what it's all like. Exodus 12 is, is a rundown, and sometimes you're going to be reading it going, man, there's a lot of blood involved here. Like, there's a lot of slaughtering and burning and eating and, and blood involved, in, and it was. It was a bloody mess. Uh, and, and so this blood that's, that's taken from this, this spotless lamb that they were sacrificing was then painted over the doorposts of their houses so that, so that when the spirit of death came, it would pass over them. That's where we get the phrase, pass over. Death passed them by because they applied the blood of the lamb to their homes. I mean, if, if it never connected before, a lot of you are like, ding! You know, you're like, I remember when it first did with me, I was like, oh, that, oh, okay. The Old Testament, that's, that's Jesus then. All right, Scott, welcome to the planet Earth. But they were, they painted it and then they were covered over and, and they were passed over by death. And then God had told them, he, he said, he said, I want you, he even told them what to wear when they ate the meal. He's basically like, you're traveling clothes, put them on. You're heading out. So he told him, because it's like, you're going to do all this, and then when, when, you're, when death passes by because you're covered over, I'm going to lead you out of bondage into freedom. Like, so be ready. So they could then go free. So they, they put the blood over. Death passes them by so they could then go free. It says... In, in verse 13 of, of Exodus 12, the, put the blood on your doorpost to serve as a sign. And when I see the blood, God says, I'll pass, I'll pass over you. Death will not touch you. And then he says, this is a day to remember. Each year from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. So, so they're, they're going to be set free. He's telling you what to do initially. But then he says, every year, remember that you were set free. Remember, you have someone who covers over you. Remember what you are set free from, but what you are set free in, even now. Don't just do it and then be like, now we're free, we're good to go and be our own. No, we're good to go and be yours and remember what you've done for us. So now, moving forward in time, we have Jesus come along and, and he's the true and better Passover lamb. But he's for everyone. This was for the Israelites, and Jesus comes along to be the Passover lamb for everyone in, in John chapter 1, verse 29. It was the, the day after Jesus had been baptized by John, and, and it says, the next day, in verse 29, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I'm talking about. John declares Jesus' mission right here. In Luke 19.10, Jesus said, I came to seek and save those who are lost. I came to, to find those who are broken and need to be restored to me. I came to be the Savior eternally and then the Savior day by day for everyone. That's my job here. And John's declaring that here for him. He's saying, hey, the, the sacrificial lamb, who is also the scapegoat, is here right in front of you. And, and we're going to talk more about the, the lamb and the scapegoat next week with forgiveness. But, but that's what John was saying. And when he said those words, look, the 
the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world, everyone there that was his audience is immediately going back to Exodus 12 going, oh, oh, so you're saying like the prophecy is happening. And so it just wrecked their worlds. For some, it was excitement. For some, it was like, how dare you step on my territory? For others, it's like, oh, no, this is real. There's a lot of stuff going on in their minds. We, we don't take it for granted, I don't think, but we just don't have that Passover, lamb, the, the, day, the Feast of the Unleavened. We don't have that, that, that history in our, in our upbringing, really, with what they would still be doing with Exodus 12. We don't, we don't have that. We remember it and we talk about it. And sometimes people get into it a little more. But for the, for the most part, the church in America, we don't, we don't really have that wow connection. We, we do love John 129. We just don't have the pieces put together in, in the same way. So, so for us, the, the big idea today in, in free, that word of the cross, is that the cross did set us free and it fulfilled the picture of the Passover for us eternally and then for us day by day. I would imagine most people in here are saved. And if you're not, there's a cure. <laughs> and you can be saved today. So most people in here are saved eternally. We have that relationship with Jesus. But, but everyone in here needs to be saved consistently from stuff or because of stuff or because of choices or because of circumstances we find ourselves in or things that happen to us. I mean, maybe it's saved for something horrific out out of your control happened to you or in the life of your family. Or maybe it was you. But you need to be saved. And that's what the cross came to bring, that freedom. So you're not bound by that. 1 Corinthians 5, uh, Paul's talking about Jesus being the Passover lamb and how he came to fulfill that. And, and, and he basically says, he, when he came on the scene, he came to give you the ultimate do-over. Like, in Exodus, it was a do-over that we celebrate yearly and remember, and then God does all that. Jesus came to do it once for all time. A fresh start that, that you'll never need another fresh start with. And as believers who properly follow Jesus, we understand something that the world just struggles with understanding and getting. You see, the world wants to tear down, wants to, wants to point fingers at, wants to blame, wants to, wants to shame people and, and say, you can't start over. Now, if I need to start over, I will, but you can't. That's what the world says. I get to determine how bad you feel and you're never going to get out of it. And all the stuff I tell you you have to do to make it right, it won't be enough. That's the world's look at things. And we see that amped up in a way probably none of us have ever seen before in our world. Always finding something to pick at and to, and to destroy with. Yet Jesus says, I came to set you free from your past and it will never be allowed to define you. The world says your mistakes are always with you. They'll always define you and they should always haunt you. Shame without a do-over. But Jesus Set us free from our past and free to do the work of sharing the gospel of grace. I'm so glad I got my do-over. I'm so glad Jesus gave me uh, uh, not only the ultimate do-over of 
of being saved forever, but like I was a bad follower of Jesus. Like I was a very poor, mean, pithy follower of Jesus. Very critical, judgmental. A lot of you heard my story. Anger owned me. I was basically imprisoned by anger and unforgiveness. And then Jesus came and he just offered freedom. And on top of that, God then comes and offers sonship to me. I mean, I was locked away in my prison. I was guilty in my mind because of what I had done and how I had acted. And, and, and I really did those things. And so I sentenced myself to, to a less than life because I was guilty. I, and I was chained. I mean, if you picture a prison cell, like old school, like you see in like a, you know, a Count of Monte Cristo type prison cell. I was, I was in this prison cell chained by unforgiveness to a wall. And then, and then the, the prison doors were basically bitter anger doors. Those doors of anger kept me locked in. And I was imprisoned. I was pinned against the wall by unforgiveness. And I was like, how do you get out of this? I can't. So I'll just live in it, I guess. I guess I'll just, I'll just, I'll just be here. And I mean, for all of us, sin does a number on us. Pain does a number on us. The things we do that we... Don't own up to and repent of, that does a number on us. The things that happen to us that, that we then allow to define us and, and cover over us, those, those horrible, negative, or traumatic things, that does a number on us and it just, it just beats us down and holds us down. But Jesus, he does more. That's the good news. He does more. I mean, I was set free by Jesus. I had to choose to step into it and step out of it, Right? Step into what he offered and step out of what I had lived by. But he set me free. Amen. I had to choose to not allow my past to define me or, or determine the course of my life. You know, this letting, letting shame from my past dictate me. I couldn't let that own me anymore. And I, and I would have these battles, right? It'd be like, well, you did actually do those things. I mean, Jesus forgives you, but you know that's still you. You still did that. You can't erase that from history. So be bound by that. I had to take those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ and go, you know what? That is my past. It isn't the definition of who I am, though. So I'm going to choose either to agree with Jesus or agree with Scott. And Scott's only going to ever be led by the world or Satan. <laughs> the flesh is only going to be led by the world or Satan. And then there's Jesus. And you can't be like, I like parts of this and most of this. And, but some of this I need to sprinkle. You can't. You can't. So I had to choose Jesus' definition of me. Even though I felt for a time, but yeah, I did that. And, and one of the ways I got set free was by forgiving. And I had to forgive my dad. He was gone. He'd been gone for five years, and I was like, I don't know how to do this because he's dead, and he never owned it. That was the catcher for me. I'm like, he's dead, yeah, but he, if he didn't ever own it, he doesn't get forgiveness, right? And then Jesus is like, wrong? I'm like, do you know what you're talking about, dude? And there's a point I had to go, I've gotten myself in here with my way, so I'm going to choose to trust you. And if this is the way you say I have to be set free, the only way, I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to walk in it. And I walked in it skeptically. Like I wasn't like, 
I'm all in. Give me a white robe. Oh, you know, glowing. I was like, yeah, we'll see if you're right. And he was like, okay. You start forgiving, just watch the scales fall off, son. So I stepped out from behind. You know, I forgave my dad. And then I, I stepped out from behind those prison doors made of anger. And I said, you know what? You don't have a right over my life anymore. I have the authority as a, as a blood-bought, covered-over son of the living God to say, anger, you don't hold me anymore. And did anger just walk away without putting up a fight? No. Because there's traffic and other drivers. And there's humans. And then there's like people in my life that I can't, you know, all that stuff. It wasn't on them. Some of the drivers, I probably was. But, but then there's me. So it's all those opportunities for anger. So I had to choose. So I cancel the assignment of anger, but then choose to not step into that. Not to fall back into that. And Paul tells us, get rid of anger, hatred, bitterness, just this malice, and instead be forgiving, tenderhearted, kind, just like God is through Christ Jesus. So I replaced it little by little, sprinkling kindness, sprinkling tenderness, pouring out unforgiveness or pouring out forgiveness where it was once unforgiving and going, you know what? I'm going to do what, what Paul, Paul pretty much knows what he's talking about. I'm going to do that. Lo and behold, those prison walls just busted down. Those bars didn't hold me back anymore. And then on top of that, if that wasn't enough to be set free from anger and unforgiveness and bitterness, God the Father said, Scott, you're also my son. And I'm like, yeah, we both know I'm bad at that. Like, can I just be a servant in your kingdom? Because I've lost my rights to be your son. And he's like, no. You don't have the right to tell me how I love you. And I'm like, huh, I like that audacity of yours, you know? And I, rem- I remember where I was walking. I remember the time of year it was. I remember what I was wearing when God said, Scott, can I show you who you are as my son? And I was like, I was so blown away by that moment because I'd never been really anybody's son, in my mind at least, that I just, I went went to my knees. Like I think I went to my knees maybe once in my life and that was it. And I was like, would you do that? Like could I be someone's son? And on top of that, if that wasn't enough, he said, I want to show you who I am as your father. Because I love being your dad. And I never had a dad like that. Never. I was undone. And he began to show me who I was as a son, but who he was as my dad. And it dealt a death blow to bondage. That was free. See, I was set free eternally by following Jesus, but then he set me free from the everyday bondages of lies and deception and habits by me choosing to believe who he says I am, and how he created me to be. So a question for you, because I've dealt with this this week. What's your prison? What are your chains? Is it a lie you believe? Or a lie you present, maybe, because of shame? Is it addiction of something? Is it a deception that owns you, and you, don't even, you can't even tell truth anymore? Is it a constant struggle 
an, a habitual sin that you just can't get away from doing no matter how much you try? Is it a wrong belief or a bad habit? Here's the thing. You're no longer a slave. If you have accepted Christ as your Savior, you are no longer a slave unless you choose to live like one. So what's your prison? That's one reason we're worshiping at the end today because we want to step into this moment, especially with the first song, we're going to sing No Longer Slaves, and go, man, I'm, I'm no longer bound. I'm yours. And, and so set me free from this, God, and you name it. I'm, I, my prayer is that everyone here names whatever that prison is. Hebrews 2 tells us it's, it's, a, it's a heavy passage if you read it. It's a good heavy, but it's heavy. And it tells us how, how Jesus came as one of us to save all of us. And in that passage, it says, in, in some of the verses, I'm just going to read snippets of it. Hebrews 2, he suffered death for us. By God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. Because someone had to pay. Because we were bound. It was only right that God would make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader, fit to bring us into salvation. Because of the way Jesus lived, a perfect life, sinless, he, was, he earned the right to die for sinners. Doesn't that sound crazy? Jesus accomplished our freedom. He bought us back. That's redemption. By living a perfect life and then, and then dying for us. And it was a once and for all thing. I mean, it was basically Passover forever. Yeah, you can remember the celebration, but know this, the bigger celebration is he did it once and for all, for all time. You don't have to worry about the ritual every year. You're free, free, because of what Jesus did. His death set us free. No more fear of dying. No more being afraid of death. Verse 15 says, only in this way, dying for us, could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Whether you're afraid of death or, or you're afraid of just something that, that, that owns you, Jesus sets you free from that by stepping in in our place. He accomplished it. It's a done thing. And you don't have to earn it back in any way. So it's about where your faith and where your hope and where your life rests forever now. That's what matters. That Exodus 12 Passover story, it shows that God can cover over you if you choose. You paint Jesus' blood over the doorposts of your life. And everyone needs saving. Death happens. One out of one people are going to die. Just the reality, right? I didn't make that up. I read it. It was really cool. I was like, I'm remembering that one. But the reason that John 1.29 is one of the most gloriously spoken sentences ever is because Jesus was already slaughtered for our sin. His blood was shed already for us. So we embrace that and we let that truth be painted over our lives so that death eternally passes us by so that we can be set free to live free. I mean, he told them very specifically, you do this and you have your clothes on ready to go. And when, when you are covered over from death, then you will go free. And you will go free through your captors. They will be there. 
Like, it's not like God's going to transpose them and be like, here's your new house. You didn't have to do it. You didn't have to get anywhere. They had to walk out of their slave dwellings, out of their slave nation that they were living in, away from their captors who were standing there with spears, and they had to walk past them. But God did call them free. He said, to get there, you got to walk this through, but I'm covering you over, man. You're safe in my arms if you do what I call you to do. That's faith. Let that blood cover over you. Even though the cross was horrible, it was beautiful. Because at the cross, we get a new beginning. That's what Paul tells us. And again, the world says you can't be free from anything you ever did. You just can't. Religion says work hard to become free or work hard to keep that, 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 that new shiny, you know, that new shiny object, you know, of freedom. Like work hard to keep it in your, you know, to earn it. But true believers never strive to be free. We are free. Second Corinthians 5.17, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. He didn't do anything for it other than say yes. We have to believe it, accept it, and walk in it. I mean, the cross is kind of like the forever knife cutting up the Passover lamb. It's like, here's my instrument of death, and it's horrible. It's called a cross, and I'm going to cut up Jesus. But when that blood is shed, it's once and for all. The cross gets put away. We still remember it because it's awesome in our lives. But it's, it doesn't, no one has to hang on the cross anymore. Jesus did it, so you're free. But remember, just because you're set free doesn't mean you don't belong to someone. The world gets so messed up here and so lost here. They're like, well, if you're really free, why do you follow Jesus? Because he set me free. Like he made me, and then he died to buy me back. So this is where there's the holy paradox. Holy paradox of Christianity is what I like to call it. I no longer owe anything from my sin. I have no debt, but I belong to the one who paid my debt. The world says, be free to be whoever you are. And Jesus says, no, be free to be who you ought to be. That's real freedom. The world gets a fake freedom and gets lost in it. The world gets bound by performance. The world says, hey, just live your own way. That's real freedom. But it's actually bondage. It's why the message of real freedom given at the cross is so important to live out. That we live it out. We walk out of our prison dwellings but then as we live it out we also give it away because there are lost people there are broken people and there are bound people out there and they need to know Jesus and maybe you're here and you're one of them or you're watching or you're listening and you're one of them you've never said yes to Jesus you just know this he died on the cross for you he traded his perfect life as a sacrifice for your messed up life whatever messed up means And he says, accept my life and you get to have also my eternity and you get to have the right standing with God. That's week three. That's Easter Sunday. We're talking about justification. And if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, you can right now. You just cry out to him. I want to follow you. I want to be found by you. I want to be saved. And he'll save you. And then as believers, we are the messengers. We carry Jesus to people and people need it. That broken person down your street, he's your mission. That mean lady at work, 
She's your freedom target. That struggling couple in your life, they're the ones that you bring John 1.29 to. And you just do life with them in their messiness. That deceived family member, and this can get hard when they're a deceived family member who are anti-Christ, in whatever way they're anti-Christ, it's hard to have the grace. You can't do it. So ask the Holy Spirit to be the grace and compassion because for that person that's deceived in your family, forever is on the line. And you are the one that's been given eternal life to give it away to that person or to those persons in your life. So start walking free and then start talking freedom. We walk free out of our sins, out of our struggles, out of our bondages. You are not saved to live bound. Jesus set you free. You're no longer slaves. You're sons and daughters of the living God. I'm going to ask you to stand right now. And The first song we're going to sing is, is a song about being a son, a daughter of the living God. And my desire is during this song, we would be let loose by Jesus. That you would, you would say to him, this is my struggle this is my belief. This is, my, this is where I keep going back and forth. Would you take it? Would you set me free from the struggle, the sin, the, the habit, or the belief system in my mind? Would you set me free? Because he will. That's the thing. It's not like he's going to go, I don't know. He just, he never does that. Ever. And if you're struggling with unbelief, It's like, Lord, I I do believe. I'm here, but I struggle with unbelief. That's a famous cry from Scripture. Lord, help my unbelief. And then live as a son, a daughter of the living God who loves being your dad. God, we come before you right now. And as we worship with this song, I pray that it's a song of prayer, of ministry, of, of, of you just meeting us where we are. I pray that right now, God, all across this room and online, on the radio, that you would be be making known what it is you want to do in every son and every daughter's life. And that we'd be willing to just open up and say, here I am. Here I am. Here's Here's the me that I have to offer you. Would you minister to me? Would you set me free? Would you... Would you make me whole? Would you break loose that, that bondage in my life? Would you save me from this, God? Would you save me from this, God? Jesus, if you really did set me free on the cross, would you free me from this struggle, this pattern of thought? Oh, I pray that this be a... I pray that more than any time in the history of this church, that this moment... This one song would be the most freeing moment in the history of our lives. Set us free. Like chains torn from the brick walls, shackles just ripped open, bar doors ripped off their hinges, the the open fields to run into, that we would no longer Remain bound. You have set us free. We are free indeed. Help us to not stay in bondage in any way. We're the sons and daughters of the living God, no longer slaves.
So would you minister to us in this song? And then as we come out of that, that we continue to worship you for the God that you are, worthy of our praise, the God who set us free. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full service replays, visit our media page on hcfburnett.org and follow us on social media. God bless and have a great week.